0: A little bit on Daniel's praying for a few minutes this afternoon, but I want you to notice with me in verse number ten where the Bible says that when I Daniel knew that the writing was sad, of course we know the context of that, and this is where Daniel got uh, led into the den of lions because of that. But I do want to point out the place of prayer that Bible says that Daniel had a chamber and uh, his windows being open, and then you, you see his Posture of praying. The Bible said he kneeled uh, upon his knees. You can even see the persistency of his praying by the fact the Bible said he prayed uh, three times a day, and uh, so no doubt that requires a lot of discipline and a lot of devotion to Christ and and to pray such as he did three times a day. Then I think about the praise in his praying because the Bible said he prayed. And gave thanks. And so, no doubt, we are commanded in teaching us how to pray. The Lord did teach us to start out with our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And praise ought to be a big part of our praying. But then you'll find as well that if you even, even find the person to whom he prayed, for the Bible said he gave thanks before his God. And uh, so, Daniel had the, uh, the person he prayed to. You can even even can see the principles of his praying that even though the uh, the uh, the decree had been signed, Daniel still prayed. Amen. And so, but I want to look at uh, the, not only all those, but I'm not going to deal with those areas. But I want you to look at the purpose of his praying. For well, the Bible says that he opened his uh, windows, windows, windows being opened in his chamber toward. Jerusalem. I want you to turn with me to Second of course, You can hold your place in Daniel, if you will. We'll come back there, Lord willing. But in Second Korah, of course, chapter number six, you know, you might know the story of that. That is the uh, this reference to where uh, Solomon is dedicating the temple. He is praying over the temple, and and Solomon is doing something uh, something wonderful is happening in the life of Israel. And uh, the Solomon prays. And he prays a lot of things and asks God for in this dedicated prayer. But I want you to notice in verse number 36, and I will read a few verses. But notice this, he said in Second I mean, Chronicles 6, verse 36. He said, If they sin against thee, for there is no man which sinneth not, and thou be angry with them, and deliver them over before their enemies, and they carry them away captives. Now notice that, I will carry them away captives unto a land far off or near. Yet if they bethink themselves in the land whether they are carried captive and turn and pray unto the Lord in the land of their captivity, saying, We have sinned, we have done amiss, and have dealt wickedly. If they return to thee with all their heart, And with all their soul. In the land of their captivity. Notice that. Whether they have carried them captives. And notice these next few statements. And pray toward their land. Which thou gavest unto their fathers. And toward the city. Which thou hast chosen. And toward the house. Which I have built for thy name. Then hear thou from the heavens. Even from thy dwelling place, their prayer and their supplications, and maintain their calls, and forgive thy people which have sinned against thee. Now, my God, let I beseech thee, thine eyes be open, let thy ears be attentive to the prayer that is made in this place. I want you to look down in chapter number seven. You will see that if you read in chapter number seven, you see a lot of things. Verse 11 Solomon's finished the house of the Lord. And verse number 12, the Bible said, And the Lord appeared to Solomon by night and said unto him, I have heard thy prayer, and have chosen this place to myself on a house of sacrifice. If I shut up heaven, that there be no rain. Or if I command the locusts to devour the land. Or if I send pestilence among my people. If my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves, and pray and seek my face, and turn for their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven... And will forgive their sin, and will heal their land. I want you to notice what, what the Bible says in verse 38. It said, you'll pray toward this place. And then God said in verse 14, uh, and even verse 12 through 14, He even said, I've heard thy prayer. Uh, and so here's what the Bible teaches us, that if there's a time of captivity, and not just captivity, but there was a time of pestilence, or a time they were defeated by the enemy, Oh, there's times that Solomon prayed some things would happen. Here's what the, they said. Solomon was saying, God, if we ever get to this place in our life, would You change us? Would You help us? Is there a way back to God? The reality is, I know we use verse 14 a lot in dealing with Revival, no doubt, is a great revival verse. Uh, and Israel in this time frame is not was not in the need of revival. Matter of fact, verse fourteen of chapter five, the glory of God came down they could not even minister. You find it again in chapter number seven, verse two: the power of God, the glory of God came down, and they could not even minister in the temple. So I want to, I hope we can understand what what Solomon was praying. Solomon said, if they he was praying, there may come a that there's some things we're not right with God, but it may come a day can we ever get right with the Lord. And so here's what he said. He said, if we'll pray towards Jerusalem, if we'll pray towards the land, if we'll pray towards the city and the temple, would you hear our prayer? And you know what God said? God said, I'll hear you pray. Amen. Amen. So I want to go back into Daniel for a minute, and a few minutes this afternoon, where the Bible said that Daniel opened his windows, his windows being open in his chamber toward Jerusalem. Why did he pray toward Jerusalem? Because he was praying based on a promise. Amen. He was praying that God would do something for Israel. Amen. They are in a land of captivity. So I want to preach on this thought today, this afternoon, on the prayer, or praying for revival. Or doing some revival prayer. Daniel reveals to us what it is to really have a prayer for real revival. Yes. I want you to notice we will go into chapter number 9 a little bit, Daniel is praying, and chapter number 9 consists of a prayer of Daniel, and also chapter number 10 in particular. I want you to notice we're in chapter number 9, the Bible reveals, we'll drop down in verse number 3. The Bible says, uh, let's start in verse number 2. In the first year of his reign, I then understood by books the number of the years whereof the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah the prophet, that he would accomplish seventy years in the desolations of Jerusalem. Now notice he said this, verse 3. And I set my face unto the Lord God to seek my prayer and supplication with fasting sackcloth and ashes. And I prayed unto the Lord my God and made my confession and said, Lord, the great dreadful God keep of the covenant, have mercy to them that love Him, and to them that keep His commandments. So let me, I will just mention some things uh, this afternoon on how we need to pray, if we're really going to pray for revival. Notice one one verse in verse 3, it says, I set my face unto the Lord God. If you'll just flip over to chapter 10, verse 12, just a moment, he says this, then said he unto me, fear not, Daniel. Daniel. For from the first day that thou didst set thine heart to understand and to chase thyself before the Lord, thy words were heard, and I am come for thy words. Amen. I want you to notice this. He said, "For the first time, of the first day, that thou didst set thine heart. Amen. I'm going to say this. If you go we'll have some revival praying, this going to have to be some heart praying. Right. I'm going to tell you the reality. You know what Daniel was saying? Daniel was saying, Lord, I didn't just pray just to mutter words, he said, I pray to get a hold of God. I'm telling you, I think one of the writers of old said... Better the heart without words than words without heart. I'm telling you, this reality of just going through a list, I'm 40, you got a pray this, that's great. Uh, I, uh, however you pray, but I'm telling you, just muttering words, just a deadbeat uh, uh, prayer time, I'm telling you, that won't get the job done, will really. it? I'm telling you, you, know what Daniel was saying? Daniel was saying, I set my heart towards it. Now, it was more than just shallow praying. Now, it was just more than routine praying. It was praying that I put my heart my face against God. I sought the Lord. I began to do all that I can. I, Daniel had a heart for God. Amen. I'll tell you what reality is. is. Here's what he does. In verse number 3 of chapter 9, he says this, he began to seek the uh, by prayer and supplication. Who is he seeking? He is seeking the Lord. Uh, so there is the pursuit of the Lord. Uh, here's what Isaiah 64, 7 said. said, There's none that stirred up himself, there's none that stirs us up to take hold of God. I'll tell you, the reality is how many of us as pastors would say, if there's one thing we need in our church, we need some prayer warriors. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Amen. Right. Amen. Right. Amen. Amen. I'll tell you, we need some prayer warriors. Amen. I mean people that really know how to get a hold of God. Amen. I mean that really can stir themselves up uh, and get a hold of God. Uh, and I'll tell you, if we ever want to see revival, uh, it's going to take a group of people. Uh, it's going to take somebody uh, that's going to get a heart for God uh, and get their heart invested in it. Uh, and get compassionate and get a great passion for God uh, and the things of God if we ever going to see revival. i am saying the pursuit uh, of God, He is seeking God. There's a passion for God. He is seeking Him. He is seeking by prayer and supplications. He is not just going through just routine. He's not going through some ritual praying. He's not just doing it just to say He did it. But He's praying. He's getting a hold of God. He's talking to the Lord. Because His heart is in His praying you find this on the pursuit of God the passion for God but I thank God and if I was saying and I prayed unto the Lord my God there's the practice of praying amen. amen I'm telling you I'm not against conferences I have about I pray, amen it's kind of like going to a soul witness conference they teach you how to soul win for eight hours and you're going to do it for one hour right. amen most of it I remember one preacher he said this he said if I wrote a book he said I just write three words in it just do it yes, amen yeah. and if you ever get some time to write it I'm going to take time to read it amen amen <laughs> But I'm telling you, the reality is this. That's what most people need. Most people here, you know how to pray. You know that you need to pray. Amen. You know we're supposed to pray. I, I'm telling we most of us know that. I, you know, we need just do it. We just need to learn how to practice it. Hey, I'm telling you, thank God for prayer conference. Well, I've heard of them. I, I've been to one, but I've heard of them. probably need to go to one. But I'm telling you, thank God for those. That helped us. And I'm telling you, it's more than just going there. It's more than just a preaching on a service. I, it's more than just to dealing with a series on praying. I, it's about getting up and praying. I, it's about spending time with God. I, it's about getting around and saying, God, I'm not just going to think about praying. I'm not just going to preach about praying. I'm not just going to study about praying. I'm not just going to teach about praying. I, I'm not going to say you need to pray, but i will tell you, I am really going to pray and sweet God. God. I'll tell you the reality this is this. Uh, we can easily say, I, I'll pray for you. i am praying for you. Uh, and we'll forget it. I'll tell you what's so great about Daniel is this. Uh, he got his heart in tune with God. Uh, and then he got praying. I'm going to tell you, he'd get a hunger for God uh, and a heart for God. Uh, then I'll tell you, put those two things together. Uh, I'm tell you, there's something that'll happen in a church. Uh, there's something that'll happen in a heart, hearts. Uh, is we get our heart stirred about the things of God. Yes, right. yes, Daniel had a heart. He practiced praying. Thank God. I think we learn all we can. I'm telling you, we got to do more than just learn it. We got to learn how to do it. I'm telling you this, do we find Daniel? It's hard. You think about Daniel. You studied life of Daniel, and of course, you know Daniel, a very great prophet of God. God used him. Daniel didn't get to come out. of What I read and what I and I don't know. There's a Daniel mentioned in Ezra, but it seems like that's not the same Daniel. And uh, there seems like Daniel, son, I've heard, say that Daniel, as a young man going into captivity, 70 years of captivity, Daniel's not a young man anymore. And so Daniel either died in captivity or had to stay there when they come out. But I'll tell you one thing about it. You know, Daniel was praying. Can I just say, it? that's what I want you to understand. I hope we can see this. Is this? there some of you, you might be praying every day for revival? You might be praying, God, revive our country. God, revive our churches. Uh, and you may be praying, and you may be up in age, uh, and you may be up and you may say, well, I don't think I ever going to see it. Uh, you realize Daniel never got to see it. Uh, Daniel never got to walk out. Uh, Daniel never saw the temple and all that. Uh, you remember the Ezra, The Bible said some of those older men, uh, when they saw that temple being built, uh, they wept because they can remember what it used to be. Uh, and it's not what it used to be. Uh, but you got some of them young ones Every young teenager has been all they've known is captivity. All they've ever known is, is being under captivity, or never had the freedom, or not having the liberties they had. And when they saw it, boy, they said, whoa, what a sight. I'll tell you the Bible said you couldn't even distinguish between those that are weeping for joy and those for sadness. Because I tell you, some didn't see it. Let me just say if you're in upper age, you may not, you may say, I'll never see it. Oh, but you better pray that God will do it for the next generation. He might not do it in my Amen. But we to pray, pray. Let God do it in some day. If you're not careful, Daniel prayed, he prayed all the way through. I'm telling you, I was thinking about this this morning. You remember the Bible deals with Hezekiah. Hezekiah was a great king. But for fifteen years, you remember God told him He said, I'm gonna die. He said, You're gonna die. And he, he pleaded with God to let him live. And God gave him what? How many years? Fifteen years. You know what the Bible said? He, said, he began to open up all his palace. He began to compromise his stuff. He began to co- co- want to get close to the crowd and the worldly crowd. And you know what? God began to deal with him. He said, what did they see? He said, I've shown them everything. And he said, well, and the prophet said, well, God's going to deal with you. And he said He said, it don't matter. As long as there's peace and safety in my days. Yeah, that's all right. right. Uh, that's it. He had a son. Yep. yep. Named Manasseh. Mm-hmm. Yes. He a wicked one. That's right. Yeah. That's right. He was ungodly, and everything Hezekiah set up, he threw out. Right. He threw out idolatry, and he brought it back in. Hezekiah cleaned up the house of God, and Manasseh destroyed it. Every I'm telling you, you know. But you know this: you know how old Manasseh was when he began to reign. Twelve years old. i will tell you, you know what the reality is. This. That man in 15 years ruined a 12 year old boy to the point he hated God and hated the things of God. That's a sense commentary. I'm telling you, if we quit praying for revival, and we just say, "Well, as so we can get to heaven, we just get through, and we get to heaven, That's we'll great, be all right." Yeah. And we're not thinking about the next generation. Oh, and I know the Lord could come any time, but I'm telling you, we believe that for a long time. I've heard that all my life. I believe the Lord could come. I remember 1990. I, I thought the Lord was going to come. I wasn't saved, and I knew I thought the Lord was going to come. I heard a preacher on tape, on cassette tape, Amen. Yeah. He said in 1993. The Lord could come back. Seven years, you got the new millennium. Jesus could come. And He didn't come. I don't know when He's coming. He might not come for another hundred years. He might come tonight. I'm going to tell you the reality is this. If we quit praying, we're going to ruin the next year. That's good. Right. If we just let up, we say, well, it's just as long as I can get through it. Just as long as I can get beyond it. I'm mm-hmm. going to tell you if, you, if that's our attitude, we're going to raise some Manassas that will hate God. But I'd sure rather be like a Daniel and pray. And then one day, they'll see a revival, they'll see a resurrection of what God can really do. Yeah. 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 So take some people with a heart and pray. Let me say, notice this. Look back down to chapter 9. The Bible said this. He said, "I set my face on the Lord God to seek by prayer and supplication." Then he said, "With fastings and sackcloth and ashes." Yes. I'll tell you that it has to be some only prayerful in the heart, but it also has to be some praying and humility. That for that that's uh, the outward signs. there, sackcloth and ashes. You remember in the days of Jonah, they put sackcloth and ashes upon them. There's others in the Bible that put sackcloth and ashes as a sign of mourning right. and even a sign of repenting right. towards God. You know what? You know what he's doing. He's humbling himself before God. Mm-hmm. He's humbling himself. Yes. Yes. I'm gonna tell you one, one reason we don't have we don't have revival. And I'm not just saying we. I'm saying me as well. I say myself personally. Here's why. Sometimes we're just do Christ. Amen. Yes. Yes. Pride and prayerlessness contribute yes, to the lack of revival sure. in our hearts. I'm telling you, you know what, you know what Daniel's doing? Daniel's he's he's saying, God, I'm holding myself before you. Now I'm not saying you gotta go out and put on sackcloth and ashes. Hey, Amen. But I'm gonna tell you something, we've got to do what the Bible said in James 4, humble ourselves before the Lord. We've got to humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt us in due time. We've got to humble ourselves before him. The Bible said God resisted the pride and gives grace to the humble. I'm telling you, the reality is this pride will keep a revival from coming to any person. Right? Amen. Yes, Amen. Pride. Daniel is in his humility. God demands humility. God delights in humility. Matter of fact, even old rotten hate Ahab. As dirty, as bad, and rebellious as he was to God, he, he provoked the Lord to anger. He did everything he could to make God. To anger. If he knew God was against it, he was for it. If he was God was for it, he's against it. He did everything to provoke God. But the Bible said he came the apostle came to him and said, You're going to die, Ahab. God's going to kill you. And the Bible said that Ahab humbled himself. And God even looked at old, dirty rotten Ahab and said, I'm going to show mercy to him. I'm not going to bring judgment on him in his life. But it's time. I'm going to tell you the reality is this God likes humbleness. Yes. Amen. Oh man, if we can humble ourselves. Yes. We can just humble ourselves. Yes, sir. Oh, what a it sitting back. I'm telling you, that makes a difference. The Bible says these six things of the Lord hates hey, center of all nations to him. What's proud of his pride, a proud of look? Yes, God hates pride. God hates that arrogant attitude. I'm so, telling you, God does. But I'm telling you, He humbled himself. Amen with sackcloth and ashes and fasting. Yeah. Oh, we we get ready to eat, aren't we? <laughs> <coughs> Go ahead, brother. We changed that. We 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 correct the spelling, but now we we had to eat Feast. to ours yes, and put feasting. Feast. Amen. You're right. Fasting. Uh, you know what you what we do when you get when you start fasting. I mean, really fasting. Mm-hmm. And you start putting sackcloth and ashes, and you start mourning before God. God looks at that. God likes it. God honors. It. Amen. The prayer of heart, the prayer of humility. Notice this. Look at chapter 9 again. He said, verse 4, and I prayed unto the Lord my God. Notice what he said, and made my confession. And said, O Lord, the great, and dreadful God, keep in the covenant, and mercy to them that love him, and to them that keep his commandments. Notice this. He said, We have sinned, not you have sinned. They have sinned. We have sinned, and have committed iniquity, and have done wickedly. And have rebelled even by departing from the precepts and from thy judgments. Neither have we hearkened unto thy servants the prophets, which spake in the name of to our kings, our princes, and our fathers, and to all the people of the land. So notice this: He said, "We have sinned. We have." Now, if you go back to Daniel chapter number six, Daniel was faithful. Matter of fact, they even said we can't find anything wrong with Daniel at all. I mean, you are talking about a man who's a president over a kingdom, and you can't find no fault in him. That he's done wrong in, and they say the oh, only okay, thing we'll find fault in is when it comes <laughs> to something uh, with the law of his God. Right. Tell you that's pretty good. That's a pretty good character. But yeah. you yeah. know what Daniel's saying? Daniel's saying it's not just they sin. Yes, sir. We have sinned. Yes, right? Right. I'm telling you, it's not only it has to be a prayer of the heart, a prayer of humility, but there's has like got to be some prayer and some honesty. Amen. 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 Daniel knows he's not perfect, but I'm saying Daniel ain't nearly what they are. He's identifying with the sins of the people. He is saying, "God, we know what we've done. We know what we, as a nation, are. Huh? We know we, what we are." And he got honest with God. I find this in the Bible: God delights in our humility, yes, sir. and He delights in our honesty. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you remember that story over in John chapter number uh, four, where Jesus was dealing with that woman, that Samaritan woman, and she had. He said. She said, forever forevermore, give me this water. You know what Jesus said? Jesus said, Go call your husband. <laughs> and she said, I have no husband. And Jesus said, Thou hast answered truly, have, Thou hast no husband. For thou hast had five husbands. And he said, The one you're living with now is not your husband. That just right there, that verse right there just throws out common law marriages. Right? right. right. You're either married, right. legal, or scripturally or not. But... And you know what? When she got honest with God, Jesus began to do something. Jesus began to do something in her life. And I'm telling you, it got so personal to her, she said, Come see a man that told me all that ever I did. And you don't find that all the way in scripture? You don't find that written out that Jesus told her everything that we know about her. but I, and I, She felt like he did. And she said he did. I, but I'll tell you, when you got saved, you remember when you got honest with yourself about getting saved? Yeah. yeah. I remember when I got saved, I remember I, stood, I was in the school office and the principal was talking to me and he said, are you, I said, I'm miserable. That's what conviction of to you. And I said, he said, are you saved? I said, yes, sir. I knew I wasn't. I've been wrestling that thing for months. I knew I wasn't saved. I was a holdout of the in. And he's finally, he dealt with me, dealt with me. He said, well, he said, is that it? I said, that ain't it. I said, he said, are you saved? I said, I don't know. That was, was hard. But then finally, about 30 minutes goes by, and he said, finally asked me one more time. I said, are you saved? And I remember sitting there, I had my head popped up on the wall, and I was just kind of, I was miserable. And I said, no! you ought to get saved. I said, oh yeah, and I got saved. I don't know, when, I don't know if I got saved when I said no or what. But I'll tell you something, I, I know I got saved <laughs> because I had to get honest with God. I, I had to get to a place. I, it was hard for me. It was hard. I was raised in church. I went to a Christian school. I, it was hard for me to admit I was lost. I, it was hard for me. I was not saved. I, but you will never get saved I, until you get honest with God. I, you'll never have anything great spiritually happen in your life until you get honest Amen. with God. Amen that the reality is this: uh, that he is praying, and he's honest in his praying. Notice what he does. Notice he's repenting from sin. The Bible said in verse number four, he said, "And made my confession." Look down these other verses. He talks about in verse number five, he said, "We have sinned, have committed iniquity, and have done wickedly, and have rebelled." Even by departing from the precepts and from thy judgment. He said, we've rebelled against the Scriptures. He said, verse number 6, we've resisted the service of God. We've not hearkened to them. We've rejected, uh, we, we, you know, he deals with that, rejecting the Word of God and the men of God. Look at that in verse 13 of chapter 9. He said, as it is written in the law of Moses, all this evil has come upon us. Yet made we not our prayer before the Lord our God that we might turn from our iniquities and understand our truth. He said we've even rejected the pray." He said we've rejected supplication. He said in verse 16, uh, he said in the last part, and now people are becoming reproach to all that are about us. Uh, you know what he's saying? He's saying, uh, Lord, we got to get honest. Uh, it's that we've rejected the Word of God. Uh, it's that we've rejected what the Bible said and what the preacher said. Uh, we've not even prayed. Yes, it. It's amazing how you can preach on the need of our... Churches in our countries and people just sit there unmoved. Yes, yes, sir. They won't move to an altar. They're not moving to our prayer closet. We're in the same condition. Yes, sir. We'll never have revival until we start praying. Yeah. Amen. Oh, my. He had to learn to pray. He said we we're reproached to our society. Well, I'm telling you. Notice this. Look down at chapter number 10 for a minute. Look what He said. Verse number 2, In those days I, Daniel, was born in three full weeks. I had no pleasant bread, neither came flesh nor wine in my mouth, neither did I anoint myself at all, till three whole weeks were fulfilled. Then notice this. Verse number 10, And a hold of hand touched me, which set me upon my knees, and upon the palms of my hands. And he said to me, O Daniel, a man greatly beloved, I understand the words that I speak unto thee, and stand upright. For unto thee am I now sent. And when he had spoken his word to me, I stood trembling, then said he unto me, Fear not, Daniel. Now notice this statement, For from the first day that thou didst set thine heart to understand, and to chasten thyself before the God, thy God, thy words were heard, and I have come for thy words. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia which stood me one and twenty days, but Michael, the one of the chief princes, came to help me, and I remained there with the kings of Persia. I'll say this fourthly. that." Revival praying sometimes will be hindered. You know, it's a whole lot. It's praying is spiritual warfare. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Right. It is a spiritual battle. Yes, sir. That's why you can go into fellowship hall. We can talk one amongst another. and It's just like passing time quickly. When you get your prayer calls and you pray for When you start praying, you pray for so much and you're like, pray for everything. How long have I been here? Fifteen minutes. Yeah. It's spiritual warfare. It is It is a battle. Mm-hmm. It's different than just... I'm telling you, that's why it's so hard sometimes to pray. It is spiritual warfare. And when you pray, and when you get your prayer calls in, when you come to church to pray, wherever it's at, and you get together, some, whether it's a private meeting a prayer meeting or whatever it is, and you come together and you pray to God, and you, you know this, that there's something going on that you can't see. There's a spiritual warfare. And the Bible said for 21 days, that battle was raging. That battle was conflicting. I'll tell you, that's what it is spiritually. You say, boy, if God ain't answered my prayer, maybe the devil's fighting some of that stuff. Right. Maybe there's some battling going on. And if you're going to persevere, and you're going to pray, God will send a revival. You know, I, he, he said he prayed for 21 days. I ain't been to me, it's good 21 days. Mm-hmm. Damn, sometimes it takes God some time to do things because there's some spiritual warfare. Story. There's a spiritual, war, a spiritual battle. There's a sovereign blessing. He said, even mentions some things to chapter 9 and chapter 10. There's a steadfast believer. Thank God Daniel didn't quit praying. Yeah, yeah. If you're going to have revival, if you ever want to see revival, if you ever want to get through your problems, you know what you're going to have to do? I'm going to have to do is we're going to have to just keep praying, yeah. even though it's hindered, uh, even though it's hard, uh, even though it seems like it is, it is the heavens of brass. Uh, and I'm telling you, that's when you got to just keep praying. Uh, that's when you got to keep pushing. Uh, that's when you got to keep persevering uh, until the answer comes. He said the answer was coming, but I was hindered. I was withstood. It is a battle, right? But we've got to be steadfast. And then I say this: Look at verse number, chapter number seventeen. Now, therefore, o, o our God, hear thy hear the prayer of thy servant, the supplication, cause thy face to shine upon the sanctuary, that's des- desolate for the Lord's sake. O my God, incline thine ear and hear, open thine eyes and hold our desolations in the city which is called by thy name. For we do not present our supplications before Thee for our righteousness. But here's why. before for Thy great mercies. There's a prayer of hope You know what he's doing? He's saying, God, if You'll just hear our prayer. God, if You'll just give us, give us some victory. I'm in these verses, he's seeking the favor of God. He's seeking the forgiveness of God. He is seeking for, for future generations. He knows He's got seven years. He knows the time. And I'll tell you, here's what he's doing. He said, he said we don't do it because of us. We're just doing it because of, we're just seeking on behalf of your mercies. Yes. What well, was one of the verses, Psalm 85, verse 6? Will thou not revive us again? that thy people may rejoice in thee. But verse number seven, show us thy mercies on Lord. If we ever have revival. We ever really see a move of God, it's not because we're, it's not by our merits. It's not because we're so great. It'd be because God shows mercy and God shows us some grace. I'm going to tell you the reality is this. If we ever get, i am confessing. If we ever, if we ever see the Bible, we're not, could we do what Daniel's doing? How many has ever done that? How many has ever really done that? 21 days of fasting. Amen. I know we're getting ready to eat. You can start tomorrow. Amen. But I, I wouldn't see that. Daniel had a heart for God. A heart to revive him. He's You find this, that Daniel, thankfully, he said, the holding hand touched me, verse 10 of chapter 10. God sent his messenger. Thank God, Daniel, his prayer was heard. And Ezra deals with that. Haggai deals with that. Yes, there's other books. Zechariah deals with that. Malachi, those post-captivity books, Nehemiah, all those books, how that te- all that tells us is that there's one day there was a remnant come out. Amen. There was a victory. And how, we, know, we know that's providential. We know that God gave seven years. We know that. But I'll tell you, you know what helped? Then not even all everybody came out. Just a remnant, really. But I'm tell you this when we tell you what pray that ribbon out. By no doubt, was the influence of a man like that. He's a prayer. Three pray times a day, on his knees. Amen. He's a praying. He's a fasting. He's, he's mourning. He's saying, God, we need revival. Amen. I'm mm-hmm. telling you, this, what did he say? If my, God said this. God said this to Solomon. This is God. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray, seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from them. That word then tells me this. If you don't do your part, God can't do his part. It's kind of like telling your child, you can have that ice cream after you eat your meal, then you can have it. God saying, this is conditional. God bless. bless. Thank you for making us part of your day. We would love to hear from you. Please find us on Facebook or at our website, bbclexington.com.